Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. I don't got a drink right now, but cheers anyways, my friend. How you living? Living, man. Living. Wow, some way. <laughs> I'm sitting here today with my friend, the one and only Clinton Clegg of the Common Heart. Make some noise for the internet. <laughs> That's nice. So, yeah, it's nice to be here, man. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, you. I'm glad that we are able to do this. Uh, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while now. Just, you know, you're a busy individual doing a lot of things with a pretty killer band. You just put out an album this year. I figured we could start with the basics and then we'll get into all the fun sort of nitty gritty nerdy stuff. So yeah. let's talk a bit about the band right now. So the common heart, you put out an album this year called pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well last yeah, year, maybe within a year, <laughs> yeah, within, yeah. A, year, within a year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nothing's yeah. really happened in 2020 to, to be fair. I don't even think that it's here yet. This is all this we are we are deep in a simulation right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh how's everything been with the band? At least you got the album out before the apocalypse. Yeah, it's you know, things are good with the band. Um you know, we're just trying to keep our heads above water, man. It's crazy. It's hard to know what to think or feel right now with music. You know, I could sit here and, and gripe, but you know, there's a lot of people out there going through a lot worse, but um, Absolutely. At the same time, it is a bummer. There's no denying that. Yeah, man. No doubt. So with everything that's been going on with the band and the current state of things, are you still getting together or has it just been like a hiatus like indefinitely for the guys? We're locked down. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I got together. I did some, I was doing some like, you know, virtual streaming shows on my own. And then I did one with my guitar player. Um, and he's really the only one I've seen. We started doing like the record at home, everybody do their own thing. And then we had the multi-camera view thing. We did that a few of those. That yeah. was fun. It feels like with the music that the common heart makes, like this was music that was made for a like a big stage of full of musicians to perform, not yeah, just four or five that. people. Yeah. It became that through time. You know, it was like, you know, I don't think that wasn't that wasn't the initial thought um, from from me when we started writing songs, but they just they got you know once we were writing all these all these instruments came into play, um, organ and horns and you know multiple vocals, supporting background vocals, all these, and you just start the songs just go from cool songs that you love to they get real anthemy, uh, and like the, the bigger band just pushes out all this sound um and it got yeah they, they got more exciting of you know this physical physically more bigger we got yeah now i would assume just based off of the influences that i've heard from your music and from you know your style as a vocalist and a performer that it just doesn't surprise me that the band turned into what it did because i can imagine what some of your influences are and they're all big band type performers but maybe i'm yeah. out of line <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're right on, you're right on. <laughs> i mean all the 
I looked at, you know, once I realized really got a feel, it took a couple years to really feel out what I wanted the band to be. And then once I got that vision, it was, you know, with all the accompanying parts, it's like, Oh, I'm definitely going to run with this Otis Redding. I'm definitely going to run with this, you know, you know, Joe Cocker and the, you know, this whole, this big band vibe. Now that we had it, I was ready to, you know, I threw my guitar down. I was like, Nope, I'm going to run around the stage like an old soul singer. That's the plan. So, okay. So you were playing guitar originally with the, I mean, I've seen your solo stuff. I guess I I should assume that at some point in time you were playing guitar, even like writing the parts. But I think anytime I've seen you perform, you didn't have a guitar, but I've always seen like the bigger version of the band. I don't think I saw you in the early days. I mean, I can, I can barely play a guitar. (laughs) I, I I just wanted to lean into that, that traditional, like old soul singer, you know, they, they were always one guy with a mic with a big band behind him. And I always, I always thought that was the coolest looking, Mm -hmm. not to mention like, musically influenced but just the way it looked i always i always loved yeah there's something that's kind of awkward in my brain and i don't know why i do this but there will be a lot of times when i hear a band and i'm like man this band rips but then whenever i see that the front person also plays guitar i'm kind of bummed out i don't know why i mean it's not like that with like metallica or like you know some like of that stuff but there's other times where it just really rubs me the wrong way. I just feel like I want a performer that's like out there, like getting it, really leading the charge, not kind of like stuck behind an instrument, even if they are really good at their instrument. It just, right. it, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sit with me the right way aesthetically, but like that's such bullshit. <laughs> it's just in my brain, you know? No, but that's like the, that's the, you know, that's the programmed rock band of like the lead singer is supposed to be, Freddie Mercury, you know, like, totally. like that's the, that's the, you know, basis of rock music, you know, throw your leg up on the speaker and wail, you know what I mean? Like that, but that is a good image though. But yeah, I mean, I thinking about it, there's, there's some pretty heavy vocalists that can play the guitar. Right. Too. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. It's, it's different for everybody. I think that, you know, it's like, again, like going back to Metallica, like I couldn't picture Metallica without James Hetfield. Right. behind a guitar like just having a front it would be weird yeah but then like i couldn't picture like anthrax like i don't want to see joey belladonna holding a guitar like i just want him holding his little short mic stand running around right. the stage yeah yeah or yeah henry rollins with a guitar would be the worst <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he couldn't do that stance you know like in his shirtless yeah. short little like power stance thing that he likes to do you know who broke the mold though who prince oh okay yeah because he was that dude all day like had all the dance moves had a ridiculous vocal didn't need a guitar but then he'd be like oh by the way let me see that real quick (laughs) and then just demolish it yeah there will always be like just like the subtlest nuance of guitar and like 80 percent of a Prince song and then the other 20 percent is just over the top yeah it's such a nice balance with You know, your background, not as a musician, but as a listener and lover of music, what was some of the earliest stuff that you came across that made you appreciate music on a deeper level? Uh, I I think like as a teenager, when I first started breaking into my brother's room and listening to his records, it was um, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. 
uh, Joe Cocker, um, the Beatles, and then about 500 ACDC records. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, uh, and then one Van Morrison record, which probably stuck with me the most. Okay. But, um, that kind of got me going. And then when I started getting my own stuff, I, I got, I was, you know, I got the chronic and dookie on the same day. All right. Um, at the record store, I, I remember I earned 25 bucks somehow. <laughs> and instead of buying pot, I went and bought those two CDs and just heavy contrast. But I, I think that was, I don't know. That was just kind of how I was growing up. I was really into rap and I was really into metal. And then I was, then I had like a kind of a, a punk phase, bunch of phases, but the biggest like shift in my life as a musician came when my mom gave me a BB King record. Okay. And that led me down a, a totally different path that I wasn't really, cause I was singing in punk bands and metal bands and uh, like a rap metal band when I was um, 17, 18. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then, wow. um, and then I got, a, you know, once I got into the blues really heavily, I kind of stepped away from being in bands. I went to college and, um, that's when I kind of just started with the blues and then soul and R and B and I haven't really looked back from at least from what I'm putting out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you still make time to listen to any punk or metal or hip hop? Do you still into that stuff like on a personal level? A hundred percent. I really, I really am because the, the thing what I realized about music that I love the most is uh, when music makes you feel an emotion. Yeah. Um, it, you know, just a physical thing in your body changes. And I find that for different reasons with punk music or especially with hip hop, you know, or, or metal, if, you know, if I'm feeling anger, that's still an emotion and not even, you know, with hip hop, it like, if I'm just feeling real introspective or just like, want to just, just want to shut my brain off and let somebody else's knowledge infiltrate and take things over a little bit. That's when I'll really lean into hip hop or, um, I just have a big thing with metal when I'm in my car, but that's probably pretty obvious. <laughs> I think, you know, you mentioned, uh, the nineties green day dookie. That was the first CD I ever bought with my own money, birthday money. I bought green day dookie when it came out. Uh, right. and I think there was something about the nineties and I was talking about this with somebody else recently where it was so normal to just like everything in the nineties. It wasn't weird. Not that it's right. weird now, but then like it was just there was all kinds of music everywhere. And like when I was in, I mean, when Dookie came out, I would have been in third or fourth grade and it wasn't weird for me to like Dookie, but also to like, uh, like Rage Against the Machine and then also the Beastie Boys, like all that stuff like made sense. Like me and my friends loved all that stuff. And then. You know, I got a little bit older and the punk stuff started coming in. And then as I got into high school, it seemed like the people that I knew, everybody kind of had like their thing that they listened to. It wasn't just like, oh, we listen to everything now. But I always was like the weirdo that would like go to the CD store and buy like, you know, a Cradle of Filth CD and a Bjork CD in the same <laughs> in the same fucking day. And it wasn't just us. And we weren't and we weren't weird because if you look at the. If, if you look at the industry and what it was doing, Rage and Wu-Tang did a tour together. Totally. Like, it, it was it was money in the bank that those genres were crossing uh, in a big way. So that's just like, 
it's just, I think it's part of, you know, of our generation. And I don't, how old are you? I'm 34. I'm turning 35 in October. Okay. I just turned, so I got five years on you. Nice. Um, but the same, that, that whole time, like you say, it, it wasn't, everybody was listening to everything. I, I think I grew into more what I'm listening to now, but the one thing that I constantly fall back on is hip hop. I, I will listen to a lot of rap. Mm -hmm. I will say, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I listened to when I was younger that I definitely still listen to. Uh, my parents were super young when they had me. My dad was a metalhead, So like all that stuff, I mean, I grew up with Metallica and Anthrax and all that shit. And I love that stuff to death. That's like my, my lifeblood. But yeah, then yeah. there was like, you know, a lot of stuff in high school that like, you know, I liked Blink-182 for a while. I don't really think I like that anymore. Uh, and then like, I don't like the doors anymore. <laughs> sure. You know, and then like, uh, new metal happened and some of that stuff I still like, like I'll still fuck with corn, but, uh, Limp Bizkit, uh, maybe I kind of regret those days a little bit, but not too much. I mean, regret's a funny word. Like I'm not ashamed of anything that I listen to. I listened right. to insane clown posse when I was in eighth grade, but what are you going to do? You're in eighth grade. Right. Yeah. Right. Was there anything? I mean, I guess you kind of answered the question already by, uh, saying that you were in a rap metal band, which I, I wouldn't have expected. It's not surprising, but I just wouldn't have expected it. But the question I was going to ask was, you know, is there anything that you listen to now that may surprise people that, you know, know you from being in the common heart? Cause I don't think it would be too like much of a surprise to be like, you're into hip hop. Is there anything that's like real left field that you're super into? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it might surprise people the amount of metal we listen to in the van. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the back drive. to the metal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, the, and I'm, and I'm getting schooled to it. Like, I don't know a lot of, I'm, I'm a little bit not as in tune. Um, I'm trying to think how oh, some of the bands they were showing me that I really liked. Um, I'm going to sound like I'm going to sound so bad on your podcast. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> They've showed me some really cool stuff. Like, I don't, I'm I'm a big Tool fan. I don't know if that would sure. um, surprise people, but I'm uh, maybe this one. This is a little weird. One of my favorite. I bet people would never guess one of my favorite bands of all time, and that is Blind Melon. Wow. Okay. I think that the re the records that Blind Melon put out in in the '90s were some of the best records. Then they stand. They still stand tall today. Blind Melon. Um, always seemed like one of those bands that just didn't get a fair shake you know yeah people know their one song and I'll, I'll admit i'm not familiar with their catalog but anything that i've ever heard by that band was like wow they were just a really really good rock band but right i don't know maybe they just they just weren't uh they weren't dirty enough or pretty enough. They just were in the middle somewhere. We can't market right. this band. That was the yeah. one thing that was really funny about the nineties was just how everything was, uh, you know, well, I guess that's, that really hasn't changed at all. I suppose, uh, yeah. with the way, uh, you know, it's, you know, looks and selling, selling stuff based on, uh, you know, what does this band look like? Right. <laughs> Which, and and to, to add to people to weird people out or whatever we're go, our goal is here, <laughs> Whitney Houston, all day. Oh, um, I'll put on a, when I when I'm just alone on a Sunday on the porch, a little a little Whitney Houston record. I I uh, can't there. I don't think there's a vocalist on this goddamn planet that is 
worth a fuck if they don't have respect for Whitney Houston. What a monster that woman was in the best way. Like just a yeah. vocal monster. It's a, it's a, beyond, it's beyond respect though. I'm a little bit of a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it's just like, there's so much nuance and emotion in her vocal performance that is so hard to capture. And like, there'll be times with like a Whitney Houston song is on and I'm around somebody and like, I'll kind of nerd out a little bit. Just like, just listen to what she does here. And people are like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, you don't get it. There's so much heart in it. But <laughs> A lot of people don't like listen to music the way that I listen to music or maybe you listen to music. Right. Whenever yeah, I mean perspective, I mean, we're, you know, in some ways bias our you know, perspectives. I'm taking every, every, since I've been trying to be a more uh, serious, legit musician, I do listen to music totally differently. It's, um, it's, it's weird. I think it's good, but it's also just, I, I would like to know, you know, what younger me was feeling that seemed, seemed to be more about feeling and less about I'm thinking about stage shows and, and technicality and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm the same way that kind of goes back to, you know, not being able to listen to some of the stuff that I liked when I was younger. Like I recently, maybe in the past couple years tried to listen to the first mud vein album again for the first time since I was in high school. And I was like, these are just dog shit songs. Like, I loved this band when I was a kid, and I know that they're talented musicians, but these songs on this album are bullshit, and I just, I couldn't listen to it anymore, and I'm all, I was almost mad at myself for revisiting it, because, uh, you know, I wish I would have just had this pure memory of Mudvayne, as, as if I ever expected that to be a sentence I would say out loud, but I, uh, but at the same time, uh, it also kind of sucks because I can't just listen to something without thinking about like, oh, that snare drum sounds like shit and this song structure isn't good and I wouldn't have done that. Like, why can't I just fucking drop the ego and listen to something for what it is? Yeah, yeah. Same thing happened to me with The Doors. Okay, okay. So I, just, I, I just, uh, you know, I don't know, it was my 28th or 30th birthday. I just kind of put The Doors on and was like, this guy's a real asshole. <laughs> I don't like this shit anymore. I used to have posters on the wall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely, I've, I've had those moments in my life whenever there's been artists that it kind of clicks in my head as I get older. That's like, why did I like this person? It's not a musical thing. It's more of just like a, they were just kind of a shitty person or they just yeah. were lame. It's just like, Oh fuck. But eh, you live and you learn, you know, <laughs> there's really not, not much else you could say about that. I'm right. curious about, you know, you mentioned whenever you started listening to music a little bit differently because you were trying to uh, do music a little bit more seriously and take a different path. Like, what age were you then? Like, where were you at in life when you were started, like, consciously really thinking about music differently? Uh, I was roughly, it's like 2007, so 26 or so. Okay. I went up to IUP. And started writing these songs in my apartment, went to an open stage, met some really good musicians. Fast forward a little bit, I'm singing some songs with them and um, just when I don't know, I think it's when people were like, that's actually a really good song, man. It made me feel something, you know, and I was like, oh, well, you know, that was just this one seed and it grows into like, you know, you having a bunch of songs that people like and 
once you get people that are into your music and they're telling you that, and then you start thinking about, oh, well, I want to do this. I want to start a band, so, you know, slowly over time. And then at one point I was just like, man, I, I think I want to do music forever. You know, I want to do this. I want to be a musician. And I think that's when it kind of turns, you know, you're, I gotcha. You, you start, you know, you still have the, the music and the songs you love and the things that make you get through every day, but then you might put on, uh, you know, I might put on that record and be like, Oh, you know, listen to a James Brown record and be like, Oh, how did he do that? And, um, which is still something I'm trying to figure out, but just, you just start to pick up cues from people you idolize. And then that's when I kind of felt like, man, I'm definitely listening to music different. So like the same. I'm curious about what your, experience was transitioning from playing in heavier bands and being a part of that scene to doing more of this, you know, singer songwriter being around different people that maybe go see live music for a different reason and are just a different environment. Did you notice like a huge shift in worlds, like going from one to the next? Yeah, but it wasn't overnight. It was, uh, yeah, you mentioned, I really, when you I left you, those bands, I had yeah, left my hometown. I was, I was four years at college and I yeah. was singing with a, um, with a great um, jam band, kind of a jazz fusion project called Jazam. Um, and that was like a really, I, that was the first band that like took me on the road. Um, but I was a very minor part in what the band was. So like I was, they had, they had a lot of great instrumental music and they, but they wanted a vocalist on certain things. So I'd come out, in the beginning, I was coming out for a couple songs. So I got to really kind of ease my way into what it was like to be like a touring performer. So that was kind of like literally when I was in college, but also like music college. Uh, and those guys taught me so much. And then when that came to a close and I started my own thing, you know, and writing, starting to write my own songs and, and grow into different bands that came from that, um, it was, you know, everything kind of shifted. Uh, and it was, it, I kind of became, I realized like my sound and what it, you know, how to do it and who, who I am as an artist, which you know, that kind of sounds corny to say, but when you have that moment of realizing like what you're good at, what people like about you, what people like about your songs, what you say in your songs, um, and people respond to that emotionally, then that's when I started to get attached to kind of like, you know, whatever image my band at that time had, if that made sense. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. I was thinking, you know, whenever you were just telling me about your trajectory, I know that there was like a gap of time in between. And your story reminds me a lot of my buddy Jake, who uh, started a band called Northern Gold. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys. Yeah, I know Jake. Yeah. So, you know, Jake used to play He's in metalcore fun. bands. Like, uh, back like, you know, like a decade or so ago when I first started rapping, I was rapping, opening up for like his metalcore band playing little fire halls and shit. And, yeah. uh, you know, then time passed and I don't think he was doing anything musically for a while. And, uh, then he started, uh, he was always like doing solo stuff, but he wasn't like performing. And then I remember mm -hmm. like seeing him after like he had started doing some open mic nights playing like northern gold songs or maybe what turned into those i remember him being like people are nice it's really weird 
<laughs> like everybody's just happy to see you and people are really supportive and it's like so different from like the other shows we were playing i'm like yeah dude it's wild <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have a little taste of those like my my older bands when i was growing up the scenes are different i mean i don't i don't have the perspective on them as like an adult versus like then versus now i was I was probably part of the problem in those scenes back then. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> we all um, were. Everybody was a part of the problem. I, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't special, but yeah. I was there. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. probably bad. Um, but yeah, you, you know, different, different scenes have different, different vibes to them. And the, the, especially the singer songwriter scene where, where Jake's kind of um, doing his thing now with, with, with that band it is people are really because it's like it's a it's a lyric scene like it's like a very high emotion like people are pretty tuned into what you're doing and if somebody's there that means they really care and i, I think it's awesome and uh, you know it's it's special but there's special things about the metal scene too i'm sure the, yeah you know the, you know just there's it's it might be different but it's what are some of the ties that you like find to that scene that give you positivity? I think, you know, for one, I think the scene that, you know, me and Jake came from, like the high school scene, it was high school. So it's going to be a lot to do with youth different and weird. Yeah. It's youth driven. It's clicky. It's, you know, it's just, they're kids. We were kids, yeah. but now, uh, with the metal scene and there's kind of like two metal scenes in Pittsburgh, there isn't like one collective scene. There's two very distinct heavy metal scenes and we're not a part of one of them. And I don't know why there's just kind of like the more like there's like, I, I don't know what it is. It makes no sense. I've always say if this was, if this was high school, we would all sit at the same lunch table together. So I don't know like why we're not homies now, but right. some people just like, I think maybe it's kind of a bridge thing. There's like, you know, like the South side people. And then there's like the East end metal scene, you know, okay. like the, the smiling moose metal scene. And then like the goose Geese rock room metal scene. And the, those bands just don't play together ever. Right. But, you know, we're friends with some of those people and everybody's really cool. And I think that that's the fun thing about the metal scene is just like, you know, you know, goddamn well how passionate people are about heavy metal. So it's more than just the music. It's about like hanging out with people because you're so excited to tell them about some new obscure ass death metal record that you found or some band that you heard about. Or, you know, there's this weird band from Finland that's on tour playing at the Smiling Moose for some reason. And all you and the homies are going to go down. You're the only 20 people that are there. But, you know, yeah. it's fun because you know about this weird little thing and it's so awesome. So it's it's super nerdy. The metal scene is super nerdy. That definitely hasn't changed. I also think it's something, not just the metal scene, but music scenes in general, especially across this city, but I'm sure across every city because I find like a lot of city, cities have similar, you know, scenes. Like there's a lot of people loud about all the problems and totally. <laughs> yeah. unjust unfairness of things. And then there's, you know, other people that are just there because they're passionate about music. But it <laughs> I think sometimes we forget we live in this world where Pittsburgh is this very small city, but it's pretty big. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of people here. It's not shocking that there's multiple scenes, like especially such a neighborhood driven city, just like you said, South side, East end, like these people aren't getting together and growing up together. So 
the first time they cross paths is is probably either at one of their peers' shows or you know or an an, an icon show or whatever. Um, and I, I think there's like there's not a lot to like come up together here, especially in the city. Cause everybody usually moves here once they already have their plan, their life plan in place. Like, there's not a lot of like, I mean, I didn't grow up in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? I grew up 20 miles South. Okay. So even being that, and that's, that's not far. Like I grew up, you know, a Steeler fan and <laughs> would call myself a Pittsburgher if I was in France, but sure. It, the I think the when you get to the city as an adult with a project, whether it be a small business or a band or whatever, you're kind of you're not really coming up with others around you in your scene. You know, you're just kind of you already know what you want to do and you already have your plan set. So it, my point is, is that it doesn't surprise me that we don't we might not feel like scenes and other groups to musicians mingle well. Yeah, like I think, you might yeah. you might not like know each other at all. You know? Yeah, dude, it's I, I've never been one to think that it's a, a music thing or something that's unique to Pittsburgh. Like people are people and it's just human nature that, you know, we're mm. not it's not that we don't like each other. It's just it's like, well, I don't know. We're musicians. So we all have like we're all battling this yin and yang of like crippling self-doubt and unrealistic ego so oh, right. <laughs> it's like i forgot about that part yeah <laughs> so you know you get a bunch of people in a room together that like you know everybody's like no even if you don't think even if you don't want to admit that you're trying to be cool everybody's trying to be cool at a show you know what i mean so sometimes you might be like oh like well i don't know them so whatever i'm not going to talk to them i've been guilty of it but then you end yeah. up talking to them you're like fuck you're such a cool asshole why the fuck haven't we been talking the whole time <laughs> right, but right. there's just that weird thing where like you know i personally like sometimes i don't want to be bothered if i'm like at a show like, i kind of just like it's not that i'm not social it's just kind of like I don't always like being talked to because I'm not good at small talk, which is funny since I do a fucking podcast, but this has a goal so I can do this, but just like right. random small talk with people like, so what's going on? You know, how's the new album going? What are you doing? You torn anytime soon? Like, I'm just like, I don't want to fucking yeah. talk about this because to be honest with you, all your questions are stressing me out because being in a band is hella stressful and I don't know how we're going to pay for this album and I don't know if these shows are going to come through or not, but you got to be like shitting and grin like, yeah, everything's fine. You know, everything's great. Yeah. La la label offers are wrapped around the block. We have executives in the in the crowd tonight watching us. You know, we're going on a tour with fucking uh, Mudvayne, <laughs> you know, some shit like you know, I don't lie to people, but you know, yeah. you know how complicated it can be. Oh yeah, man. And the, the pre-programmed answers that you've answered uh, a dozen times that night. And it's not, but I tell myself in my mind, it's every, every question is coming from people who care, you know, totally, so totally push, push through them, you know, but it's, it kind of is what it is. Yeah. I, I'm a, but I understand what you're saying about being at a show. You're, you know, you're also trying to take in a, a new experience too. You know, so mm -hmm. I'm trying to like, if it's a show that I'm playing, it is rough because like, there's part of me that wants to watch and enjoy the other bands, but also I'm like, 
waiting for somebody to do something dumb so I can make like, okay, we can't do that because I want to be the best <laughs> band that plays. I don't care if I'm playing a show with my best friends. I still want to play better than them. And it's yeah. like not a competitive thing. It's more just like, I want to feel like we played the best set, even if we didn't. That's just like, right. just because I feel like that energy is like what I need, especially as like a front man in a metal band. It needs to be this like confident, I'm the shit, I'm in charge energy. Otherwise, it's like, why the fuck would anybody watch you, especially if it's heavy metal? Yeah, right, right. You can't go out there and be like, I'm glad you guys are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard because like I'm, I'm like a criminally modest human being, I think. I'm like too like oh whatever like thanks for coming out guys but like I'm not the thanks for coming out motherfuckers like I'm not that dude but like I have to be because it's just that's the role that's the the job that I've taken I have to do the right. job right right <laughs> I feel that and I, I get that too with the common heart too that's like we've had uh, the the it's been good that to create this we're been a very like vocally positive group that we're trying to push positivity um which man i wish we were out there doing it now just as sure as much as you do yeah um but it's it man that it i, I became something else to, once that metamorphosis happened i was like no i gotta go out and i gotta do the preacher thing which yeah makes me feel really good you know it, it might not be who i am every moment when i walk off that stage but when i'm on that stage and i'm doing that that thing i feel it's genuine because it's like just a i think you got to have this might come across corny but i'm just going to go for it <laughs> in this like 2020 you got to have like a you got to have dimensions in your soul you got to be like multi-dimensional heart and soul it can't be just I, th I think you got to be just deeper than that and that that what we're doing with the common heart about when i'm shouting about being positive and and giving love to get it back and i mean all that stuff it's a part of me and that like when i'm out there doing that it's like it makes me feel whole but i didn't always feel that way sometimes i felt like it was a character but i it just kind of turned into something else. Sure. I, you know, like is, is tough and as yelly as I, I can be when I'm playing shows. I feel like at the end of gr every gray Walker set, pretty much, I always say, take care of your friends and family. And I mean it because it's very like, you know, like I write a lot of songs about like, you know, dealing with like, you know, uh, you know, self issues, other people and their issues and struggles and, you know, complicated things, just trying to figure out life. And, uh, you know, even though we're a super angry band, I do feel like for the most part, none of our music is negative at all lyrically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it all has at least some sort of a positive shine, you know, a little a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like there's always a perpetual light at the end of the right. tunnel. So, uh, you know, I feel like if you didn't understand one word that I said this whole damn night while I was up here, at least get this. <laughs> take care of your friends and family. So I think it's really important. Yeah, that's that is important. Yeah. You know. And if you if you if you drug someone out to this show that doesn't like metal but they're here for you appreciate them <laughs> buy their dinner yeah yeah <laughs> buy their dinner so you know outside of the common heart outside of being a musician do you have any other hobbies or things that you like to do to pass the time uh no <laughs> fair enough that's fine <laughs> no i uh 
I went through all the standard quarantine things. Okay. I, I, I got put puzzles. All right. I baked sourdough bread. Hell yeah. Um, so that now I'm not doing any of those. Okay. <laughs> they didn't stick. Do you do um, any painting watercolors? Uh, no, nah, not much of a visual artist. No, a lot of drinking. Okay. <laughs> what have you been drinking? That, yeah. <laughs> it, it's uh yeah, that's, that's a hobby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, I've been, I've been writing the record, which has been really good. Um, which I'm really excited about writing our third record. Um, so that's really consuming my time. And I, actually I would, you know, I've been doing the, I was doing like the virtual shows kind of fell out of love with them pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was not, you know, not as much for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've been working on a lot of projects that I'm about to put out here in a couple of weeks. Um, just some like duet stay home kind of song collabs with different artists. Uh, my boy, Kenny, um, and my friend, Ann, just great singers that's kind of doing the same thing, sitting at home and we're, we'll get to like pick a song together and arrange a, a way to do at it. And then they do it on their phone and, now I, they send me the wave file and the video and then I can, I've been learning like video editing, which is something I've always wanted to learn. So I guess I have been doing some stuff, productive stuff, but that's yeah, awesome. Man. I just want to, I just want to play a show so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. It's the same for me. I, I, uh, I, I knew that it was hanging on by a thread, but we, we were booked on Millville music festival and I just got the email an hour ago that they canceled that that's that's good they canceled that so i was like okay well you know i was hoping for the best but i was hoping for the best but i'm not going to be mad about it (laughs) we'll get back man we'll get back yeah you know it was i i had um i i posted a a video yesterday doing a little rant just kind of talking about like you know should we feel safe going to live shows or not blah 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 you know i'm personally like i i would feel safe at a show but that's just me. I'm not saying that we need to have shows or that if you don't feel safe, you're a dummy. You know, it's just like me personally, just kind of throwing that out there. But then I was like thinking about it as a performer because I saw a friend of mine had posted something like, you know, you know, for all the local people, you know, like what's the big deal? Because like, you're just going to be playing to the same 20 people that you were playing to before. And I was like, I guess, you know, that's, that kind of stings, but you make a good point, my friend. So just trying to, I think that, it's just you just miss it and you know you start to think a little bit irrationally and start you know not thinking about what's best for society it's it's easy to be selfish as an artist as i think i've already said a little yeah. bit if i haven't had reason. yeah so but yeah i you know i'm waiting for it i think that i was just like really really bummed personally because uh you know we spent a few thousand dollars on a whole light setup and programmed this whole thing, got the new projector, like our whole thing, you know, like a whole big show ready to go. And then it was like, Nope. And then, uh, I started a new band. I'm actually doing a new wave project with a friend of mine. And, uh, we have like a whole album written and we had like shows booked. Our first show was going to be April 1st and we had like three, you know, like getting that. So it was just like smacked us right in the face. So like, I'm real anxious because I want to like start sharing that stuff with people. But 
you know, everybody's priorities and their mind is definitely in a different space. I don't think many people are too concerned with my fucking new wave project right now, given everything <laughs> else that's going on. So I need right. to, I need to be realistic about it, but in my head, I'm still like, damn it. What's <laughs> the name of that new wave project while well, we got it? It's going to be called some faith. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we actually, we just finished the master on one song we were gonna like put together the whole album then do like a proper release but now with the way things are going i think we're gonna do more of a single thing so we'll probably be putting out a single soon and uh, we're trying to put shoot a music video for it too that's gonna be like very very minimal not like some huge production but just something to go with yeah. it so yeah just doing when that does, uh when does your Mudvayne tribute project come out? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I keep joking that the new Sykes and the New Violence album is basically a new metal album. I keep I keep saying that uh, it's it's hip hop for kids who used to wear wide leg jeans because <laughs> uh, it it has like real. It, I, I'm just leaning into it. Uh, it, it. I don't know when it comes to that stuff. It's like. I do, I'm just going to write songs that are 110% me. And if like, it makes me smile, like, like I'm laughing to myself at some of the stuff, like, I can't believe we're doing this, but I'm having fun. That's right. right. That's the good feeling. You know, I have to chase that instead of like in the past with some of the stuff that I've done, I've been, I haven't like made music that I didn't want to make, but I think there have been times with my hip hop stuff where I'm like, Oh, I want to do more traditional hip hop sounding stuff. I don't want to go too heavy on the guitars or too heavy on this because you know, I want it to be, a rap album but now i'm kind of like all right i did that i want to fucking i want to make a high school brian album now because i never right. really did it which is funny yeah. you know i was always like worried about something being too much this or not enough that just uh letting go in my old age fuck it <laughs> fuck it yeah 110 percent. fuck it so with the common heart and the album that you put out last year pressure um I believe that, you know, you, you, you did that a little bit more in a legitimate fashion when you re released that. It wasn't just like a, Hey, we're putting out an album. Here it is. Like you have like a physical copies that you can buy and you, you did a little tour and you're on TV and stuff. So what was, you know, that experience like, or just in general, what's the experience of being like, you know, almost, if not a real band, <laughs> I, it, it it was weird to do to go through all that but it was um it was good i felt like it, it was some steps that i'd taken before that just fell down but then they finally like came together and that you know there's like the old story of go you go to south by southwest and you get a label to pick you up and then you put out a record and then you do a tour and you do some promotion and all the stars align. And a couple of those things actually happened. I, we met our label at South by, um, which was kind of a really good thing. And they're great people, small label out of, out of New York um, called Julian records. And they um, helped us put the record out, but also there's more than just the band. We had a really great team around us too. We have, um, you know, we have some, some different management um opus one here in town and then madison house uh, out in uh colorado and our booking agent too so it was a, it came 
what was surprising, not, not surprising, but what was really helpful to me is like, well, we just had this really big team um, and all, you know, that really believed in us. And um, when we finally got to the point where we got to go and do um, the TV spot, it, it was just, it was just surreal and it felt really good. And we're really proud of that record and, you know, the way it rolled out the whole like past couple years have been, I'd say like a dash of weird, but a dash of like super motivating. Um, just, you just more people come in and you just feel more belief and you just want to push further and get bigger and bigger. And I, I also think it really instilled in me that uh, this is not a overnight thing. You know, this, you know, I, I want to put, you know, a lot of people have, you know, might have a, a song break or something that elevates them to that higher um, pay grade, which I'm hoping to get to, but just, it, it takes, it can take 10 years, 20 years, you know, I, I'm just like with music, I, as long as I put that time in and, you know, as long as I can sing and do this thing, I think it'll be worth it. Even if, you know, if I'm 75 singing the blues at some Primanti Brothers by myself, <laughs> um, I'm still singing. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. I think that one of the things that is really cool about your band and, uh, you know, being a Pittsburgh based band is the amount of restraint it seems that you've had in terms of like, you know, not, um, playing just a bunch of gigs here, wearing yourselves out here, actually like taking the time to just kind of hide in the shadows, do the scenes that you need to do behind the work, make the connections, work on the music, actually work on having good fucking songs, recording them properly. And then, then like you said, having that team behind you to help push you. And then, you know, going out and doing things, which I don't know if it's the right way, but it's obviously a way that worked for you. But I do think that a lot of people in local bands, this can't just be a Pittsburgh thing. I'm sure this is anybody all over the world. You just get caught up in that trap of being like a local performer because you kind of just put all these obligations on your plate that only allow you to operate as a local band because it's like, well, you know, we have shows booked locally for the next four and a half months and we got to do this and that there, you're not giving yourself that opportunity or reason to actually leave. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, also it can be hard for a lot of bands to have the opportunity to leave. And then there are just some bands that just don't want to, some bands are just happy being here. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of bands that are down, you know, just, they're just like, no, this is my, you know, I'm going to play I'm I'm here. This is where I'm from. And that's good too. I think the, some of the choices we made early were, that was really something that our management came in right away. They're like, okay, you just sold out Mr. Small's theater. You're not going to play Pittsburgh for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next time you do it, it's going to be bigger. And in the meantime, you're going to keep making good music. And that's what they kind of taught me from day one. Like really picking spots was something that was something that I wasn't buying into. I was like, what do you mean we're not going to play? Uh, what do you mean we can't play Deutschtown? What do you mean we can't play Arts Fest this year? What do you mean we can't? Yeah. I, I was like, I just want to play. And you're just hungry and you're a musician. But people who know the business are like, no, this, you need, you need to be smart. Put you, you know, pick your, pick the right spots and that, and build your fan base that way. And I, I would recommend that strategy to anybody 
coming up just like you know really be picky about your shows don't don't play um a thousand you know a thousand shows a year just because you can you know make sure you're i think that helps that taught me a lot at least Mm -hmm. i think that that's maybe one good thing about us not being able to play right now is that hopefully you know even when opportunities do come back they're going to be few and far between so i'm hoping that you know artists are more picky about the gigs that they decide to play i'm hoping that promoters are a little bit better at curating events actually like booking artists that they're passionate about instead of just like booking whoever will play um and i think that you know fans are going to be hungry to come out and see music too so i think it could be good i think uh for everybody if they take this time now to just focus on their craft and focus on being a better player a better writer or if they want to you know focus on whatever else there's so much stuff that you can do behind the scenes to help better the band you know there's been plenty of times with gray walker when we've gotten show offers that'll be like you know oh it's another it's another weekend gig you know at x pittsburgh venue and it's like why don't we just like not play that and invite everybody over to the practice space? Like, like, let's like, like, what's why are we moving our gear across town to play for people that just want to hang out with us? We don't need to play. They've seen us play. Let's just invite everybody over and get some beers and hang out. Cause that, that's ultimately all we want to do, right? We're just trying right. to hang out tonight. It's like, yeah, we want to play, but also it's like, well, if we're not going out of town and we just played last month, like, why? Right. But, you know, I think that that's something that I don't know if it comes with age or just experience of playing a lot of shows, but I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely not over it by any means, but I definitely do not see the value in continuing to play over think, and over and over again. You know, you're like you say, you're not over it, but I think it's okay to have days where you're over it. <laughs> Uh, yeah totally and i think again like i think it's just like knowing like what what is the end goal like what are we actually trying to accomplish with this show you know what i mean because like we go out of we go out of town a good bit actually our first show we have a show book that is out of town it's probably not going to happen but (laughs) we have one book that's out of town so we do get out as much as we can and we haven't played pittsburgh in quite a while i honestly don't even remember the last show we played it was actually in january so it was right at the beginning of the year but um yeah. but even before that i don't think we had played pittsburgh in maybe half a year but um whenever we ugh, fuck i completely forgot what i was going to say it doesn't matter it was just uh we're trying to man i completely lost my point oh well whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter music you know not playing too much in the city don't uh don't it can give you a good resetting things okay yeah yeah i think for going back out you know when you're talking about going back out and doing shows again i i think the scene's going to be hungry and it's a good opportunity to really pick pick your battles you know and and my and that's the way we feel you know we we don't want to come back for the sake of coming back we want to come back the right way um i think everybody should think like that and like you were saying promoters local bands, big bands, just come back the right way. You know, it's just so no more setbacks. That's what I'm, that's what I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get through. If it's, Hey, if it's six months, cool, but let's not do it in three months so that we're screwed nine months later, you know? Sure. Sure. It, it's, it's, it's hard to say like what the right or wrong reason is. I, I can say, you know, this, like all I'm good at is, uh, 
making beats and writing heavy metal songs like that that's my thing i am not qualified to tell anybody when it is safe or not safe to hold an event due to a pandemic i am not right i am not qualified for that so i'll leave that to the professionals and if they say don't do it then i won't do it if they say yeah. it's okay and we can do it then i'll do it because i mean <laughs> I don't the green know. light goes i'll be running yeah <laughs> with uh fuck man you know it, it it's it's so shitty because, you know, this is, you know, the time in the conversation when I wanted to be like, you know, when can people see you next and all that stuff. But obviously, like, we're just not there. So, yeah. you know, people can check you out on the Internet. I imagine pressure is probably available on all the streaming platforms, but I'm sure that you guys wouldn't mind if they picked up a physical copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're seeing us, you want to check the band out. Check us out on Spotify, YouTube. We got some great music videos. Um, and we've, uh, the record, if you know any, if you do want to go to the website, the and get a, get yourself a record. Um, I have been splitting the, splitting the profits out to the actual musicians in the band and just trying to help us all along and, uh, push through this thing. But yeah, if you grabbed a record, I'd appreciate it. I hope you like the band. Um, but I love to promote the YouTube because we put a lot of time into our music videos there. Yeah. Um, they're, they're pretty good shout out to bradley uh Adam, our our director who's probably still editing other videos he doesn't <laughs> even know there's a quarantine uh you know as as somebody that is you know uh, just a hair older than me i'm curious about like what i appreciate that <laughs> what, with what you're but like we come from this time when like when we first started playing in bands social media was like what that's not a thing you know and i mean you fucking yeah. had you had like some crinkled up papers for flyers that you kept in your pocket and you gave them to people at the mall or whatever and that's how you got yeah. people to go out you know how what is your relationship with social media as a musician it's not good right now yeah. well i take that back there is one there is one positive standpoint we've been doing um we've been featuring um black artists on the common heart instagram um recently which has been uh really enlightening to me it was my bandmates reached out you know in the past month and they just wanted to to share some positive um things on our you know on our instagram so we kind of turned our instagram into this um educational space uh about black voices and black music because uh the, you know especially because of the music the common heart doing is is completely um black music uh and i wanted to make it a point to provide my big my big thing with everything right now is to promote education of black history and that we've kind of done that so that that has given me a lot of joy and a lot of um just actually just a lot of know-how learning about different if you go to our instagram you can see we have about 10 stories up of different artists that we look up to um local and national and otherwise yeah uh, so that's given me a lot and i've really enjoyed do, uh, doing that and doing the research and making the po uh the posts be informative to folks yeah no. other than that <laughs> my personal instagram is shut down uh, okay. i haven't been on facebook in weeks i <laughs> bought a bicycle and uh i i put a mask on and i ride my bike every day i'm trying to lose weight that's awesome man that's and awesome I, uh, I, I, 
outside of, and I have help with the common heart Instagram and I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing there. But outside of that, uh, there's a, there's a lot of things that aren't good for my mental health on there. And I, I, sure. I have to take a little break, but I, I think I'm going to come back soon with just music. I think I want to do a bunch of music videos um, and put them out. But what about you? How are you holding up with it? I'm, I'm pretty cool with everything. I, you know, I'm definitely seeing a lot of stuff that I don't want to see, but I need to see it in a way. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, I have to reckon with this, you know, I think that yeah. uh, pretending that it doesn't exist is a big part of the problem. And a reason why we might be where we are now is from For people sure. kind of, you know, but now I, you know, I'm just making videos about albums that I love, you know, telling all my metalhead friends to go listen to Betty Davis because Betty Davis rules, <laughs> you know, right. shit, shit doing shit like that. And like, uh, kind of in the same similar situation as you just like, uh, you know, talking about albums that I love, sharing my thoughts about things that are going on with people, doing podcasts and just working on stuff in the background. You know, it's like, okay, if I want there to be more positivity on the internet, I can put some on there. Right. I am not the internet, but I can at least do my part instead of like, yeah. you know, uh, just sharing an article or yelling at some ignorant asshole about why they're an asshole on their Facebook post as if it's going to help anything. Right. So just like, nah, just gonna keep it, keep it, uh, just be me, just share what I love about the world. Keep, keep putting it yeah. out there and being there for anybody that needs it, you know? Yeah. So no, that's good, man. I, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of a little mental reset. So I'm not oh, dude. Yeah. I, but, uh, I, I, you know, I love putting music out there, so I'm definitely going to get back to that soon, but, Mm -hmm. there, there, I would be lying to you if I said there hasn't been, you know, plenty of moments recently when I'm like, you know, do I need to stare at a camera and talk at the internet today? Is it really necessary? Right. Like what? Like who, who am I? That goes back to that, like uncontrollable artist ego thing. Yeah. Like why the fuck do I think that my thing matters? But it's like, well, <laughs> it makes me feel good to do this and that's important. So I'll just do it, you know, but <laughs> The, the crippling self-doubt's always there, too. And just knowing, like, you know, is, is it really my time to be saying anything right now? You know, like, does anybody give a shit what I have to say? But, you know, I mean, I still have friends, and I could still... Well, if you, if know, you don't, they'll have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah, no. And <laughs> I think that it's important because there was people that I saw, you know, like, that were, like, a, fr a buddy of mine had posted something uh, earlier on about like, hey, like if anybody has any extra money to donate to anything, you know, here's some cool, uh, some cool local services and people doing cool things for, you know, the black community and the trans community and all this other stuff that like you can donate to if you have extra money. And I was like, I have extra money. I'm going to donate. So I did it. And then that got me thinking. I was like, well, that person posted something they didn't have to, and it caused me to react in a positive way. Yeah. So I could potentially post something that's going to help somebody else react or think about something different in a positive way. So even if it doesn't seem like you're making a change or a difference, or if it doesn't feel like your voice matters right now, there could still, and all it takes is like, if I impact one person in a positive way, I know that sounds corny, but if I do, then that's awesome. That's a good use of my day and my time. Yeah. Yeah. The, I agree. The, the last thing that I want to ask you, and it's a little out of sequence, but that's okay. That's all uh, right. Because you were talking about pressure coming out and you got physical copies. You know, you could buy a vinyl record. I don't know if that's your 
first vinyl record that you've ever put out. But a question that I always love asking people, especially more old school people that appreciate classic music. What was it like for you the first time you heard a piece of music that you wrote on vinyl? Oh man, it was, it was, it was really great. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the record. I, my wife got me a record player a couple years ago and we have all the, all the great records that, you know, all these just like warm. I grew up with a record player, so I, I love I love having records. The first time I heard the they sent you they send you the one to make sure that everything's in place and um, plays through properly. So yeah. listen to the um, and it I you know I just got a little got a little caught up in the moment. Just got a little like it's really cool just to see <clears throat> not just hear it because I I love the warmth that a record will give you and to hear it was great but also to hold a vinyl record with your band's name on it. Yeah. It's kind of surreal. Cause like the physical case, you know, I was like, it's kind of a trip. Yeah. It's like the first time that I heard something I had done on vinyl. It was like, it was the first, it felt real. It was like the first time my music felt real. Even yeah, yeah. like having CDs pressed in high school didn't really feel real, but this felt like undeniably like, Whoa, I this did isn't this. plastic. Yeah, this, this is, is insane. I did this. This is a cardboard thing here, and there's yeah. a vinyl record inside. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so, so cool. And, yeah. and now now I'm jaded because I've, I've had, like, five vinyl releases, and I'm like, oh, whatever. Back, like, whatever. Another <laughs> record. <laughs> i got all these test pressings laying around. Who cares? I'm all jaded now, you know. <laughs> Uh, i love it yeah i do too i'm being i'm being I'm, I'm being a silly shit so with all that being said i think we can wrap this up i'm gonna do my outro and that is all folks thanks so much for listening one more time clinton clegg the common heart thank you for being here dude i really appreciate thanks you for having this. me Sykes. i appreciate it. i appreciate you dude i hope that fucking one one of these days I could see you not actually I want to see you not at a show and I want to have a drink with you and I want to bullshit just about I don't know we could bullshit about soul we could bullshit about movies if you we didn't even talk about movies you, you, you probably hey, like movies if you like my band you should see me at a bar I, in a bar stool I am I'm like MC all day yeah. I will talk your ear off let's do that soon yeah, I, would, I would love to man uh, so yeah dude take care of yourself Take care of the people around you. And, uh, dude, get through it, man. It was good talking with you. And uh, Great talk to you. I'm going to fade this out. And that's it, man. Thanks. Sweet. Actually, you know what? I didn't do this. Wait, there's an outro that I do. And I completely forgot it. It really doesn't matter. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. You know what it is. I'll be back again next week. Blah, blah, blah. Same time, same place, same channel. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, now I'm fading out. <laughs> <laughs> what? ever.